episode 29 of Inside Jogging Podcast. Thanks for downloading another episode and spending the next hour, 90 minutes with us. In a week where a mystery man arrived at A&E in Gloucester with a World War II shell stuck up his ass. Josh also dropped a few bombs of his own in the form of Jaeger during his Christmas party in Cardiff. He's not with us at the moment, as usual. Um, he's somewhere, maybe on a train, but he should be with us in 10 minutes. So... So bear with us. You've got me and Cloudy for now. Um, we've got a couple of marathons to talk through this evening. There's been marathons in Valencia and California. We've got the usual segments where we talk through our weeks, uh, look at the Strava leaderboard, thank some patrons and answer some listener questions. But talking about patrons, Matt, um, I had a lovely little message a few minutes ago from, from Mark McCarron, McKeown. Let's say McCarron. I'm going to go McCarron. Um, who en route to his 238 in Valencia said he had us boys on his mind. And he decided oh, he decided at some point during that run that he was going to subscribe to Patreon because we were well worth the insights. Um, he basically said the insights we provide, not so much from Josh, helped him understand the importance of not rinsing yourself every day on a training run. Um, so, yeah, it's mad to think people are, when things get dark in a marathon, they're turning to us, Matt. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so that's I'm a PB gonna, for Mark, is it? I, I'm not sure. I'll check in a minute, but I'm just going to paint a picture to the listeners. Um, so, so Matt's Matt's moved to his recording room, and he's got his he's got his dressing get fluffy dressing gown on because he said he's cold. Um, I think he put some lip balm on before we started recording. So, I did yeah. shout out to Doctor Poor Poor. Um, because I tell you what, mate, I don't know about you, but this time of year, and I'm sure all the listeners listening here have got chap lips, and it's a real thing. We all suffer with it. But Dr. Poor Poor has got my back. So Jean, the missus, Gina, she gave me this. So she? Shout yeah. out to her, really. And, and Gina's busy um, with her little device on her head. So She is, yeah. Yeah, sorting out her migraines, but yeah, as I said to I'm, her, I'm out of the room now, so that's probably sorting it out more. Sorted. Um, yeah, how's things? How's the week been, mate? Week's been all right. It's been busy. Um, the weather's been a bit crap. Um, I went up into my loft earlier on, um, and I have a hole in my roof. So um, I've got to get that fixed. Can you not fix that yourself? Well, I don't know what. Don't really know what to do. What is it? And that you, you can see the sky from it, can you? You can see the sky. Yeah. So, what have you got? Tiles. <clears throat> yeah, the the usual things you have on a roof. I don't know. You might have like a thatch cottage. Now you're <laughs> now you're rolling <laughs> no, in it. <laughs> no, it's um. I assume it's slate. Um. So I had like a little bit of damp in the, in the, in the bedroom. So I went up into the loft and there's a, there's a nice little hole in there. So I've got to get that fixed. I tell you what, this wind and this weather is causing some issues. Are we allowed to speak about this or is Julian Spence going to switch off? Well, let's paint a little picture to listeners here. Um, if you don't listen to Inside Running Podcast, um, Julian, who's one of the... Uh, 
would you say that it wasn't obviously not the host, the co-host? Co-host, yeah. Um, he said that apparently um, you can't moan about the weather on your Strava. I don't know about you, but British people moan about the weather 24-7. That's all we've got to speak about, isn't it? When you speak to somebody, I reckon the third sentence every time you speak to somebody is about the weather. Yeah, well, I, I was listening the other week and I think it was Brady was moaning about uh, he did a session and it was something like 15 kilometre per hour winds. I was like, what, nine mile per hour winds? And that's a headwind. That's a nice calm day in the UK. Do you know on Strava when they, cause you, you, they've got like a little weather um, thing on it, haven't you now? Yeah. Is that in, that's in miles per hour, is it? Well, yeah, I presume ours in miles per hour. Yeah. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll come into the weather because it's been particularly horrendous of late and I'm sure it'll come up in the training weeks. Um, did you like my introduction about the, the mystery man in Gloucester turning up to hospital with a World War II shell up his bum? Is that, is that a, a real thing? A real story. He said he slipped and fell on it. So, hold on a minute. So, a World War II shell? Yeah, so what I found funny was on the same day that Josh was driving across the country, probably passing Gloucester, that this mystery man said um, said he put it on the floor, then he slipped and fell on it, and it went up his ass. Hold on. So, what is like? A what 50, is a sh- like? What is a, a fifty-seven shell? millimeter shell? So, there's a picture of it here. It's like a bullet. Um, yeah, but but it's almost like half the width of a, of a of a hand and probably nearly as long as your hand so so he slipped on it and he went up his arse yeah i'm Good sorry shot. but who's 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 walking around he's obviously got to be naked walking around and there's like a, a shell positioned perfectly upright maybe we should ask josh why he did it when he comes on the show in five minutes see what he see what he says um unbelievable no yeah. wonder the NHS is in a mess. I, I just like they had to call the bomb squad out. No, they didn't. They did. They had to call the bomb squad out. <laughs> Shut down Fantastic. A&E. Anyway. Um, That's a uh, conversation starter, isn't it? It is. Um, mm. There is some, some strange goings on in this country. Um, it's, it's an interesting it, it time, makes, isn't it? Makes it? You, it makes you feel proud to be British, doesn't it? It does, with... Um, with all the anti-vaxxers, guys slipping on, you know, slipping naked onto shells and people super gluing themselves to roads. It's all going well, isn't it? Um, what Boris a great ha- year. Boris having Christmas parties and then telling us we can't. Great. Um, but yeah, so before Josh comes on, um, he's going to obviously big up his Christmas party, isn't he? And I think it's fair to say we encouraged him to, to have a few drinks. Um, I was actually particularly impressed that he managed to wake up on Saturday morning, let alone start his session. What are your thoughts on his, his night out? I mean, when I saw that first beverage in his hand, I thought that was, that was him for the night, to be honest. But I think he put quite a few down. So he um, says, I think we need um, some evidence of this. Because- he also cut his session short. And blamed it on the wind. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll come to his week. Should we go into your week, mate? Let's um, let's kick things off for your week. 
and I've already told you the date. So hopefully you're back on the 29th of November to kick off the week. I'm organised. Yes, November 29th, uh, 6.49am. Me and Daniel Weston. Um, he's enjoying a shout out and I'm going to keep shouting him out. So there we go. Um, we did 10 miles uh, in the morning. can't remember what the conversation was about. Um, but riveting, I'm sure. He seems an intelligent guy. So He's extremely intelligent. Uh, far more intelligent than me. <laughs> Uh, which is, it's not hard to be. Um, so Interestingly, on your your weather app for that morning, it says snowy, minus minus two degrees. Was it snowy? Yeah, it was, wasn't snowing, but it was uh, icy underfoot. Really icy, actually. Um, and we had to slow down a fair bit because there was just ice everywhere. Um, but it was a nice morning. It was crisp. Uh, that's what I love about winter is... Um, Real crisp mornings if it's like bright, cold, but not but icy. They're few and far between though, aren't they? I was saying yeah. this the other day, like if we, if you could have winter, if it was like, yeah, zero degrees, but nice and bright, you'd take that. But, yeah, definitely. But half the time we have four degrees, 50 mile per hour winds and drizzle, and it makes it feel like minus 10. I know, I know. So we're on to weather already, mate. We're on to it already. We just, we enjoy it and everyone's enjoying it. Um, so 10 miles and I did some weights after. So um, I'm actually upping the ante on the weight. So um, back up to nearly full capacity. Um, essentially, that means I've put all the weights while I've got in my, um, well, garden shed um, onto, the, uh, onto the bar. So I think I'm up to 120. Onto the on, onto the squats now, which is good. Um, so that was that was Monday, Tuesday. Um, I wanted to get a long run in, so I thought this was the best day to do it. Um, I got up a little bit earlier to do this one before work. Um, oh God, I tell you what, it was dark. I went round um, the loop I normally do on the weekend, which is a ten k loop. So. Obviously, had to start with a chest strap on, uh, chest strap, chest strap light, or body torch, should I say? Did you strap um, on? Add the strap on. on. Um, so, yeah, so I started off, I think I got two, two laps in. It's still dark and um, there's no street lights. It's all farmers' roads. So I couldn't see anything. There was cow shit everywhere, um, slipping everywhere. I had some new balance. Um, I can't remember what's where the TCs on, and they're just terrible when it's wet and slippy underfoot. So um, I kind of wanted to run around sort of 150 average heart rate, something a little bit quicker because... I'm trying to sort of um, bring in a little bit of the longer stuff, so I'm ready for the Seville uh, block. So um, did 19 miles, average 5.52. Managed to um, managed to have a little bit of light for maybe the last three or four miles, I'd say. So fairly decent. Managed to be the local legend of this ridiculous 
segment or whatever that I I assume I, I think I know who's who's at play here for that one. Are we gonna name and shame them? Um um I reckon it's I reckon it's a guy um with the last name Harrington, but I'm not sure. Oh big race director himself. I don't know. So that was Tuesday. Um nothing else in the evening. Uh, Wednesday, ten and a half, six fifty pace. Um, I think I was I was out out all day. Actually, I drove up to Newcastle and back um, for work for a meeting, um, an unsuccessful meeting. So a seven hour trip for basically a cup of tea. Um, so that was Wednesday, Thursday, eight miles in the morning, seven twenty four pace. Do you know what I got to? I got to Thursday and I was absolutely knackered. Um, I think, I don't think I gave myself enough time after Sunday, after the, the 10K um, to recover. I think I think Monday, 10 miles was fine, but then doing heavy weights and then getting up early Tuesday and doing a, a steady long run has not helped really the week. So I didn't do a session Thursday, so just eight miles in the morning. Um. Each I did goal. another. Well, I d- well, yeah, I'll come on to that. So, however, what I will say is, is big Phil Richardson messaged you to say you got his name right. So that must have been a, a delight. And you know what? I was as happy to see that. And I've got another comment further on in the week um, on somebody else's name that I got wrong. Um, so, and then I went out in the evening. The legs actually felt a little bit better in the evening. So I decided to sort of pick it up, do a little bit of a progression run, nothing crazy, just um, just did a little four-mile loop around home. So sort of kicked off at um, six. Oh, no, I didn't. I kicked off way quicker than that. 5.45 um, and then sort of knocked it down to 4.54 for four miles. So obviously not doing any real structured session, but just to get something in. I actually nearly got hit by um, a car near the end of the run so this car um just missed me it was on my on on the on pant lane and um they must have been going about 45 miles an hour in the built-up area hit the curb just missed me and um they hit the curb they they mounted the curb right in front of me because they they took a corner too quick um so I managed to get the reg plate and I saw where I saw where the car parked, so I had a few words. So that was interesting. Um so that was that was Thursday. Um nice to get a little something in. Friday was just nine and a half um with Dan Weston, um, the main man. So um we did some hills actually uh, together, which was fun. Um six by fifteen second hills. And I think this is the comment. Um, from and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna butch the name this time round. I think um, so, so. Andrea, isn't it? Um, I was actually just trying to search for his his result at Valencia today, but annoyingly, the search facility on on the Valencia I've got website. It. I've got it. You've got it. Uh, yeah, two forty eight. How have you done that? I've just gone onto his Strava, mate. It's very oh, simple. Right. <laughs> the easier way of doing it. Yeah, so he seems pretty happy with that. Nice kit as well. Fair play to him. What's he wearing? 
uh, one of the the Say Sky kits. Yeah, the camo kits. He looks like he's having a great time. I think you can see him then. Surely he's invisible if he's wearing camo. I know it's all camo. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, my usual luck had me running in Valencia the only year there's bad weather. I assume it wasn't bad weather. It looked pretty good. Um, so well, well done. The weather on their website, there's exit weather, which I presume is start weather. So it's 11 degrees, 15 kilometers an hour, finish weather, 14 degrees, 25 kilometers an hour. So pretty breezy actually for Valencia, but looks like it's fairly good in terms of temperature. Yeah, and it looked, you know what? I've just, I've actually looked at it splits and it looks pretty, uh, pretty even all the way through and sprinted at the end. So that looks it's pretty decent. So well done. Um, and, and you've been running your elephant loop and I saw somebody nicely decorated it for you in the week. Yeah, Dan, uh, Dan decided to do a little decoration. It's lovely. Beautiful, beautiful. Very creative man. Um, so that was Friday, Saturday, yesterday was just eight miles in the morning, 7.28, um, just as some light weights, um, nothing too crazy there. Um, Julian's loving the, uh, loving the comments this week, actually. He's obviously got a lot of time in his hands, isn't he? It's not well, like he's got a newborn baby or anything to occupy yeah. his time. Might as well stroll through Strava. Part-time business owner. Um, so that was Saturday and then brings me to the session today. Um, I kind of wanted to get something in around 12 to sort of 14 K. So the plan was to run, um, some three K reps at around sort of 255, 250, 257, uh, with a K float, the K floats so I wanted them in around sort of 320. So, um, so what's that? Is that half pace or quicker? Half, than half? pace, yeah. yeah. Well, there are thereabouts. So you're a quick boy these days. Well, I don't know about that. Not after today's session. Um, so the plan was to I wanted to kind of go through 10k in about 30 minutes um, with the floats, and I was on. I was on. I think I was on until about six or seven K and the wind just got horrendous. So I think I went through eight K in. I want to say I was like inside 30 minutes, and then it all just sort of um, tumbled down from there. Really, The wind just picked up big time. So I'm not going to complain too much. I know that's a trigger um, for a few people on the, yeah. on the weather side of things. I think you were pretty much, um, I think you're pretty much on 30 minute pace for 8k, aren't you? Yeah. So, um, I yeah, think I went through probably like 30, 10 through. So yeah, 30, 10 pace for 8k by the way. Yeah. And then I met the last two splits of the 2k. I think I went 303 and then the last one, I sometimes like GPS is fine, but, Sometimes you got to take a pinch of salt. So this, the last K, uh, I was going to 10K, the wind was horrendous. But then when I turned, I managed to have it on my side, wasn't mm-hmm. directly behind me. And I was like, right, I can pick up the last two minutes to get back down sub 3K, sub, sub three minutes for the K. And um, 
it just didn't move whatsoever. It stayed at like 309, 310 the whole way. I was like, come on. It's uphill though, that K. 36 feet uphill. It's pretty. Yeah, but I was, do you know when you're running um, and you, you, you're yeah. running, you think, right, I'm, there's, the, the, there's definitely a change of pace here. Um, and I got, to, I got to 10K and felt like I was, I don't know, I felt fine, but I felt like I was sort of digging, it, digging in a bit too much, more than I, I needed to. Do you know what you need um, to do? You need to run, like Josh, run with a couple of other people, then take the fastest watch true yeah um and i got i got to thank guys do you know what i think that's enough um so i started cooling down and i thought god i feel like i feel really good i didn't feel tired um and part of me was like i'll oh, do it do i do a little bit of a, an interval session but i thought you know what i've done enough so um so all in all it was 10k at 454 um pace which is which is fine it's good enough yeah um, solid little workout and it was quite good actually my heart rate for that was around threshold so pretty much sort of bang on really where i wanted to be as far as working um so happy with that um so all in all not a bad week 80 miles um which is basically where i'll probably i'll stay at for this block and then for next week cool yeah so so yeah 80 miles couple of uh, you see what a long run and a and a decent session so so yeah not bad yeah not a bad week especially after a 28 50 odd last week you yeah doing all right anyway josh has joined us he's now lying seductively on his bed um evening right, guys yeah, I'm not too bad. Long journey. We've, we've joining not, us. We've not spoke about you at all in the first 20 minutes. So um, it's been a very boring 20 minutes opening then. Yeah. <laughs> so how is your trip to the hospital in Gloucester? My trip to the hospital. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe not. You have to listen to the intro, mate, to, to get get the inside jokes. Maybe okay. maybe turn up next time. Um, you'd know. Um, I'm going to go into my week actually because you're late you can listen to my week and and actually you know talk to me about it instead of get distracted and do some stretching um doesn't he normally put you on mute he puts yeah. himself on mute doesn't he yeah He's, we're gonna force him to listen to me um so i have no idea what happened monday but i obviously got really busy at work and didn't run i yeah can't remember monday at all tuesday was also very busy and I was sat having a meeting with somebody and in Peterborough and I thought, do you know what? If I message Josh now, actually I gave him a call. I know he's going to make me run. So I drove over to Josh's and me, Josh, me and Josh ran over to meet his dad and Mickey Moore for a little, what did we do? Seven miles at 707s. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, wasn't that great really. It's very dark in Peterborough. I'm not a big fan of running the dark anymore. Hobbs and Harriers. But yeah, we We're did the a little, member. little loop around Peterborough. Um, I think Josh is frozen, which is exceptional start to his, his first five minutes on the pod tonight. Um, so I'd got to... Do you think it's grim though? Sorry to uh, interrupt there. But do you think it's grim how um, 
you have to run every single run in the dark at the moment. Well, yeah, if you're trying to fit it around work, it's, yeah, it's not easy, is it? So that's why I try and jump out at lunchtimes. But obviously, if you get too busy, you can't do it. And it, um, yeah, I, I honestly, I was thinking about this the other day, like 10 years ago, if I was doing 120 miles, I was doing two runs a day in the dark. And I managed to get through it then. So I don't know why I'm just being a bit pathetic now, but it's getting to me. Um, so I've got to Tuesday and done seven miles. So that's a solid start to the week. And so, you know, when you miss a few runs, I started to think I'm just going to pile in the pile in the mileage and catch up. But I kept catching. I like myself. that. I kept catching myself every day saying, no, don't be stupid. Don't School do Schoolboy error. I know. So I didn't do it. Luckily, I managed to keep on top of myself anyway so wednesday i did a session um i was going to do it with josh but he kept switching up what session he was going to do and wanted to run in the dark around peterborough and i was not going to do that so did three mile warm up and then i did 10 by three minutes off maybe a minute i'm looking to check let's have a look yeah i, I have a question on this aaron so yeah. You've done this at 11 o'clock. Yes. In the light. Yeah. Why have you gone to the cricket pitch? Where do you want me to go? I thought you said you were going to start doing stuff on the road. Where do you want me to go? I mean, if you're doing three by three minutes, you should do it anywhere. On any road. Ten by three minutes. Yeah, do that on any road. Have you not got a quiet road outside your house? No. So why do you go to the track? Because I want to run specific times. Okay. So why can't I go to the cricket pitch? Well, it just seems I do. You just said the last few weeks you're not going. You're going to stop doing that and start training on the road. I've not said that. I've said I, I'll go to the cricket pitch because mm. I enjoy it. Mm. Don't know about that. You go stand by it and come back to me. Aaron, anyway. Aaron, he's he's a bit sassy, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's had one drink and it's got to him. He's had a few drinks. <laughs> but anyway, I just um. Do, do you know what? I needed to go to the cricket pitch because I had to interview Jake Smith for our Patreon account because you two won't do it. So <laughs> you two want to get our, our patron listeners happy, keep our patron listeners happy. You've got to let me run at the cricket pitch. Anyway, um, I don't know. What's that? 13 miles and was going to run again in the evening. Couldn't bothered. Um, so Thursday I had a trip work trip to York and Somebody had booked me on like the eight o'clock train out of Grantham. So that meant I had to leave the house at half seven to get to, to Grantham on time. So clouds will like it. I ran at 5.57. I was meant to run at 5.30, but couldn't, I couldn't. I had to have a coffee and try and wake myself up because, oh, it was so cold outside. I don't know what the weather says. I don't know. Let's have a look, shall we? The most impressive thing about that run is the first the fact that the first mile was six fifty eight. Yeah, because it was one degree. It feels like minus five. Oh, I'd love to see you um, getting through that first mile. Yeah, that's not fun. You must have been high knees to get to sub seven straight away. <laughs> I was extremely angry with the world. So, like, yeah, you, you're why frustrated. Is somebody, why is somebody waking me up at five thirty? Anyway, I um, I managed an hour 26 because I wanted to do an hour 30, but it was cutting it too fine. So I got an hour 26 in. 
Um, 6.47 average. So I thought Josh would be pleased with that. Lots of loops because I, I don't think the street lights come on until like seven o'clock. But by the seven o'clock, it's already light. So I was sort of running these loops in pretty sort of pitch black around like housing estates. So it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the most exciting of runs. But anyway, I got it done. Um, went to York, nearly fell asleep in the meeting. Um, and again, no chance of running when I got home. So Clousy, I don't know how you double after running at six o'clock in the morning. It's impressive, mate. Um, what does that bring us to? Friday. I'm at Friday already. Friday, I did a session, cricket pitch, four by 10 minutes. And it, it was pretty wind. So I was going to do a 5K park run on Saturday as an effort. But I saw the wind that was forecasted and thought, there's absolutely no point. Josh, you've done Rutland Water Park run. There's yeah, no, pretty, there's no point. Very, very open. If it's if it's wind, it should come straight off the water and pointless. So I did four by ten minutes. Why are you not titling these these sessions? I've just seen that. I'm, I apologise. I didn't have time. On both. Been on a tight schedule. It actually got I think I think the listeners up. would enjoy seeing what you're doing. I I'll go back and edit them in a sec. I um yeah needs to get better. And as you'll see, I did a few different loops because the groundsman was watching. He just sat in his car watching. He came over. He came over to the cricket pitch about three o'clock when I just started the session. I was doing like loops of the the football pitches, but on one of the loops of the football pitches, I had to stop because about four dogs came and like came up to me and said hello. So I had to go back to the cricket pitch. Um, why do, Why don't you? Because it's coming into the festive season. Um, get him a nice tin for celebrations and just not, pop them. Not Lindor. I'd look, I mean, listen, we're going to come on to that. Um, but why don't, you, why don't you get him a nice tin of celebrations? Because then if you get him that, then he'll let you stay on there. Guaranteed. Okay, I'll give it a go. I'll try it for you, mate. Just, and then just pop them on top of his van. Just say, put a little note on it. But yeah, um, so four by 10 minutes, done. Um, Saturday morning, I thought I'll go to park run and run easy with my friend who was just meant to be running sort of, I don't know, 1930 for park run. So I thought I'd get a part of my easy run done with her. So I, I rock up at park run and she has got a massive cold. I was like, well, I'm not going to run with you then, am I? If you've got a massive cold, because I don't want to, I don't want to risk getting it. So, I said I could just go with whoever went went fastest at the front of Park Run, and I don't I don't know if you've done it, but often you turn up at Park Run and you say I'll just follow whoever goes off quickest, but they all go off at like three minute K pace, so so you find yourself already on sort of yeah a decent pace anyway. I am. Um, I ran okay for the first half and then gave up into the wind. I think around, it says around 16.26. I'm not quite sure how that happened because I'm pretty convinced the first three splits on my watch were 3.07, 3.10, 3.10. So I must have had a very bad split somewhere. Probably the last K when I sort of did give up. Um, and then tagged on a six-mile run afterwards. So 
when you rocked up to parkruns, did you rock up as I am the shit? No. I don't think I did. What shoes I, did you wear? Um, the whatever shoes you told me to buy the other week. Invincibles? Oh, you did that. You I, did that there, there is no run. way I'd want to run wear Invincibles to run that pace. Well, I just had them on, pair of tights, bubble hat. It's got it done, mate. You've been telling me to run faster. Not in them, though. They're horrendous yeah. to run quicker. I was just yeah. doing my easy run, wasn't I? I didn't plan on running that quick. I didn't think that I needed a, a 15-minute clothes change like Josh has. So, um, anyway. Um, so, that's Saturday. Sunday, I this morning around with Ben Heron, who's titled the run Cool Cats Coffee Club. I don't think I want to be part of that. Um, I definitely the, the, the funny thing is, that's not the weirdest thing on the description. If you're going in more detail, it's even stranger. A lot of the world was solved this morning. I mean, that's fair because I had a lot to say. And um, yeah, I think I, I solved a few things for him. Garmin equals three miles. Not sure what that relates to. No. No, oh, is, so Garmin is saying it's Garmin's the distances I think give you, give you more miles well he's wrong because I wasn't wearing a Garmin I wear Polar so that's incorrect <laughs> um, and my coffee is confirmed is better he brought his own coffee to my house I've got a coffee machine and could have made him he actually bought me the coffee so yeah. what coffee did he bring I don't know didn't drink it didn't need it I told him I didn't need is it, it. In like, is it in like one of these like hipster sort of it's in a flask. Like mugs or something. Here's a mug, yeah. Anyway, um, 16 miles, <laughs> 6.46s, and, and yeah, it's windy. Very windy. Um, Does Ben got a cat? He's got many cats. Oh, many? Oof. I think he's got four. I said, I said to Gina that I would like a cat. The only thing it would have to have, though, it'd have to all, all, always have um, a red T-shirt on. Why a red T-shirt? Just because they look quite cool. Oh, I've got a red t shirt. Nah. <laughs> what you setting me up for a joke? It, but it, it would always what, have to. What have... do you mean they look cool in a red t shirt? What I saw one seen? I saw one on Instagram a few weeks ago and it was like grey. I don't know what sort it was. It was like a grey cat, like had like a massive fat ad. And it had this red t shirt on it. It's great. You're following hipster cats on Instagram. I don't know what it was, but that was the only one cat I'd ever have. Talking about cats, my next door neighbour's now got a dog. So my cat comes back very scared. It basically, it used to poo in their garden. And I think its poo's been ruined by the fact there's now a dog there. So his peace has been, has been shattered. Um, You're the reason why <laughs> the neighbour's cat comes into our garden here. Just get it on a lead or put it, chain it off or something so it doesn't go over there. I'm gonna chain my cat up. You're cruel. Just put it on a long chain so it can like it can run off, you know, for a meter or two. You're a cruel man. Right. I um that's my week. I think it's 80 miles, maybe 75. So it's yeah, 75. 75. Um so yeah, it would have been 90 if I had not missed those runs earlier in the week, I think. So anyway, it doesn't really matter. I've got MK half next week. Josh has told me it's hilly. So I'm not looking forward to this. Um, and 
if it's anything like the weather this week, I'm just going to not bother turning up. <laughs> I wouldn't, mate. Do you, know, do you know what? I would also agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm hoping the, the weather changes a little bit because I don't really fancy going all the way over to Milton Keynes to run on some hills in 25 mile per hour winds. Um, however, I do want to get a race out. So, yeah, I think day, even, if, even if it's not great conditions, get a nice race, try and get the, get the dub. All right, mate. Sunday, yeah? Get the dub. What does that mean? W. Win. Oh, the W. We could have said the win or W, not dub. We never heard that. Well, I'll call it the uh, W. He's, he's a cool cat. You're so, you're so old. Um, listen. Also, on this fact, though, one sec, before you go into this, he just said, I'm so old. This kid here, he's 29. He acts like he's a 19-year-old who's from, like, an inner ghetto in America. <laughs> Give it a week and a half and I think I will be. Right, Clousy, on to you. Um, what day is your race? Is it the 12th? So, yeah, same day as Telford. What time? I don't know. I should probably look into that, shouldn't I? All right, well, it's nine o'clock, okay. seven mile an hour winds, and five degrees, 29% precipitation. So, you're, that's, that's beautiful. That is. Where are, you looking, where are you getting these stats from? BBC. Interesting. So, there you go. I mean, as you probably know, our the BBC's ability for long-range forecastings not its not its strongest forte. But um, what's it like in Telford then, Josh? Uh, let me check. Anyway, I'm gonna controversially check the Met Office. Yeah, the Met Office is better. BBC doesn't use the Met Office anymore. Just a little fact for you. Um, while I'm talking about those facts, do you remember when I talked about the talking clock? It was a real thing. I used to phone for the talking clock. What was the number? Oh, so, uh, a listener messaged me in. Something like can 121. You, can you still call it? Possibly. Maybe I'll, I'll try and call it next week on air. Um, Josh, are you still looking up something or do you talk for your week? Yeah, go, go to my week because the Met Office only does till Saturday. It's a pain. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Awesome. Well, you, you go to your week then. I'm trying to find what time a race starts nine o'clock you're right Telford's right. looking like Telford's looking all right um five degrees seven or eight mile per mile Telford's per really hour. sheltered as well so even if it was windy I don't think it would be that bad maybe Telford's, just around the lake Telford's really muddy yes it is right Josh go to your week right, week Monday just over 10 miles 652s it was so cold last week. So, so cold. Can we stop you talking about the weather? This. Yeah. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> that was all I did on Monday as I had a massage in the evening. Shout out to Dave, Patmore Hill. Um, Tuesday, I I think I was quite tired in the morning. So I ran at lunchtime. did uh, just over eight miles, 6.38. Uh, so one of the... This is actually off what Aaron said we ran with a guy called Mickey Moore um, I saw him in his van he was uh, driving alongside me so we having a little chat and a range star run in the evening that's a fantastic name Mickey Moore yeah, he's an absolute legend um, so yeah so ran his, his nickname's um, The Destroyer The Destroyer yeah <laughs> don't really know why I don't know how that's come about no name do I I don't want to know actually um, it sounds like so it'd yeah, be like a evening. chimney sweeper or something 
He's a builder. No, I'm not far off. He's... Yeah. Wow. Some he's, not really, he's not really a builder, is he? I thought he's like a um a fitter, plumber. Well, just call him a contractor. <laughs> a trader. Could be anything. <laughs> Trading. Um, yeah, so in the evening, um, I was planning on doing probably five as my double, but I ended up, that was quite a weird day. I did three, uh, 8.4 and then in the evening, seven, just over seven. So I was seven tens. Uh, and I did some strides after. I was trying to get Aaron to do them, but he wasn't having it. So six by 15 seconds. What I've also about that run is I had a lovely rice cake. Oh, yeah. I've got, I've got Aaron on the more. rice cakes before runs. Keep keep your stomach, stomach nice and... Uh, is it a plain rice cake? Um, no, it wasn't. It's caramel. Uh, it was, yeah, it's caramel. Snacker Jack. From Aldi. It, it wasn't. It was, yeah, it was an Aldi one. Oh, Remember when so then Snacker Jacks came out? The big, the big, uh, massive uh, rice cakes and then um, big sleeves. Do you want to know what I, I've, my go-to snack before a run is at the moment? It's going to be so dull. A, yeah, a rice cake with a bit of passion fruit curd on. That Absolutely sounds delicious. horrendous. Absolutely delicious. And he wonders why he has to stop every <laughs> five minutes. Passion fruit for? Passion fruit curd. curd. Where you getting is, that even, is that even a thing? I think it was a purchase from Aldi. I mean, at the moment, I don't do my own shopping. So um, I just requested it and got it. Right. So you're a 29-year-old man, doesn't do his own shopping, doesn't live in his own house, lives in his younger brother's house where his girlfriend cooks for you. Um, Brilliant. I don't do anything. And, yeah, I think you need to look at yourself, mate. <laughs> right, Wednesday. Uh, four miles, um, 6.56s. Uh, that was just, literally just did laps around uh, yeah, where I live. Uh, and then in the evening, I went to do a loop um, where Aaron and I used to train. And I, I'm sure it must be, it must have been more lit or better lit when we went there before because it was so dark and I was like I genuinely can't run down this is dangerous was it dark, um, dark around the back where the trees are oh horrendously and I like genuinely it, couldn't see the path I think if the genuinely this if it's not if I think at the moment it's like a really like small crescent moon isn't it um like a thin so there's not much light yeah. it does make a difference genuinely so you sort of need moonlight yeah um, so yeah, two mile warm up, um, and then the session was two miles, as meant to be around marathon pace, and then five sets of ninety seconds, sixty, thirty, and then another two miles at uh, about marathon pace. So I think, around, I think you'll find it was actually ten minutes, not two miles. But oh yeah, you're actually right. I did, I did realise that um, after I finished that, I was like, meh, don't make much difference. Um, so I went ten nineteen and ten seventeen for the two milers, and then on the on those when they're time reps like that, I find you can be quite lazy. So that's why I also like doing stuff on the track. Because um, if Matt said to me, go and do, I don't know, what, 600, 400, 200, I'd be much more specific in what times I wanted to hit. But if you feel tired on one of them, you just run a bit slower. Um, which probably isn't necessarily a bad thing for me. But then that's, that's the beauty of having uh, running on time rather I'm than right. distance yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah right. You can go by field. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a miserable evening, uh, but got it done. Another one in the bank. Called it a pretty terrible loop, and as I commented, yeah, so your comment was quite good on this. Actually, it's it, not it a wasn't loop. a loop; it was an out and back. But... Um, I did appreciate that. There's a, yeah. 
can I can I just uh, intervene here? I've got a, a very um, interesting fact for you. What came in from Daniel Weston about the moon? Got it. Is he so, listening? Is he listening live? <laughs> listening live. <laughs> is, he back, is he outside? Bring him so in. he messaged me because uh, you know it's great. This is it's good stuff. So he said, um, uh, "What's it now?" So the fact about the moon and sun is that by amazing coincidence they appear to be exactly the same size in the sky from the Earth because the sun is roughly four hundred times larger than the moon, but the sun also happens to be four hundred times further away than the moon incredible so there you go coincidence that isn't it back to your week josh very good very insightful that's blown josh's mind do you know people, <laughs> people's behaviors change when it's full moon too people get weird because matt's a werewolf no no people people struggle don't they when it's full moon kids go crazy instead of cats and dogs I don't know if that's a joke. No, it's true. It. I was waiting. I was waiting for the punchline. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. just telling you, just telling you. Anyway, things moving, get weird when it's on. full moon. Moving on. So that was Wednesday. Thank you, Dan, Thursday, for that. <laughs> Thursday, uh, eight miles in the morning, six fifty ones, and then I managed to sneak in four miles in the evening, six thirty threes. Um, my legs felt great on this run. Um, Heart rate was actually, uh, oh no, I, my heart rate for this one, uh, I didn't have my strap, which probably not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and then I had to drive to Cardiff. Um, so yeah, snuck that run in just before I went. Uh, and then I was going to run first thing on Friday morning. Um, I had 12 miles um, and basically I was just tired when I got there because I didn't get there to about 11. Um, so I ran at lunchtime. So I did 12 miles, 602s. And yeah, that was probably again a little bit quicker than was prescribed. Is that your... Matt was all right. Matt was all right with it. Was it your actual heart rate or your wrist? Uh, I think that was yeah, that would have been my actual. It was it like one fifty or something? Um, probably higher. I, I don't know. No, I think, I think it was the first. Well, the first, the second mile. Was one... Second mile was one fifty. Yeah. The problem was on that run. It's just the first half a mile is quite downhill. And then I find generally if you, if I get to a position where I'm running a pace, I just carry on. Um, so yeah, but no, it was good. I went on the on my old trails. It's good, very very muddy. Um, yeah, it was nice. My, do you know what's really annoying? I don't know if you had this much. When your AirPods die mid run, what what nightmare? May get yourself some jabbers. They, they, they die at different times as well. So one of them died about halfway, and one died with two miles to go. Was real, yeah, pain in the ass. Mine actually did that on my session in the week. I got battery oh, low, so annoying. And then, yeah, last rep it went. Well, the worst thing is you have to keep them in your ears. You can't just take them out. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, really annoying. Um, so then I did a session on Saturday morning. So I basically went out. I had a work job on Friday evening, and uh, I was like, "Right, well, I'm not going to drink. So sort of be sensible. I've got a session in the morning." Then uh, Matt was like, yeah, have one, have one. So one turned into quite a few. And um, I just yeah, said, I was... enjoy yourself, Josh. That's what I said. Didn't yeah, say, the problem didn't is... say drink anything. He just said, enjoy yourself. I didn't say any, I didn't say any, any specifics around it. Just enjoy yourself. <laughs> problem is I can't do things in moderation. It's just my, my life. Um, and I was very, very drunk. Um, so this session, I agreed to doing this session at, uh, with Dan Nash. 
and I agreed to it when I was sober. Um, when he texted me at six o'clock, I'd been asleep for about two hours. I was less uh, less up for it. So um, wait, but, we're going, we're going a bit too far ahead here. So how did the works do go? <laughs> yeah, I was going to go uh, breeze over that. Um, I know it was good. Uh, yeah, it was nice to nice to catch up with people. I was a well, little bit nervous about going because COVID's rife, but. Um, what, how was the hydration strategy throughout the so evening? The first, oh, we'll run through it quick. Um, so the first place, sparkling water, bit of a slice of lime, refreshing, very nice. To start you off. Yeah, start me off. Then I had a glass of red wine with a peroni. Which, Ooh, what do you mean? Per- you had a glass of red wine for peroni? And a peroni at the same time, yeah. Why? So my boss ordered multiple drinks. Yeah, it's a table in it. I was I didn't order one drink all night. Yeah, but like, yeah, but I, you, I just, you can just stick to like Peroni first, then go on to the wine or I personally I personally don't really drink beer because the volume just fills me up. Oh my god. Um so then yeah, we had I had four Peronis in the place that we ate. And then we went out somewhere else after so five double disarano and cokes, four Jaeger bombs and three roast tequilas. I've never had them before. They're actually quite nice. So, Quite what smooth. time did you get in? Um, I'm not 100 percent sure. But it was three something. How did you wake up at like eight o'clock? Do you know what? I woke up at six. I know. I saw on your WhatsApp, and I was like, "Oh, I need to go back to sleep." And I just let you know when you sort of you're not really sleeping, your just eyes are shut. I did that for about two hours, um, and I was like, "Right." There, yeah, just gonna go. So I tried to try to hydrate. I had two two bottles of uh, water, and um, I was like, right, let's go. So we'll have a glass of red wine. Well. Well. <laughs> no, I don't think you did any, any more alcohol. Um, yeah, so we'll pick Will up and uh, met Dan there, and I can safely say I know we, we, I don't want to dwell on the weather. It was the windiest I've ever done a track session by so much. Um, so I was meant to do twelve by K on K off. And uh, Matt actually called me in the week to confirm because I thought the total was 24. I thought it was 12 of K on K off, um, which would have been funny. But uh, yeah, it was less than that. So I actually didn't do all of them anyway. I only did three. And at that point, it was just a complete write off. So I was like, let's just stop. Um, but shout out to Dan. He hit all of the times we're meant to and picked up. So that is one of the most impressive one of the most impressive sessions i've ever seen and i actually messaged him saturday night saying i'm in awe of you right now um so yeah shout out to him so So the times um, by the way what time do you think nash is going to run in talford i reckon he's got a 29 30 in his locker which isn't probably that far off where he ran at liverpool to be honest on the cross country true he Um, did run very well yeah, so the times we were meant to hit were three minutes for the ons and three twenties for the offs. But it was, yeah, it made it hard instantly with the wind, and then my physical condition probably didn't help either. So when you say that he hit the times you exactly meant to hit, he didn't hit three twenty once. Uh, well, for the ons, I don't actually know where he hit for the offs. To be fair, well, he the, the thing was because we weren't hitting the ons, he was waiting for us on the offs. Yeah, I know. So that's but but. You said that he hit all the times, but he hit three okay, thirty-two. Well, we so it, we hit the we we hit the offs, and he waited for us, and he hit all the ons. You, you only did two of them. No, three. So, um, how do you feel after that, Josh? You said that your motivation was quite low. 
it wasn't as, as much my motivation was low. I was disappointed. I think I called you and said, I'm just disappointed in myself. Did you wear dragonflies? No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, Dan did say that, actually. He said, you've not got dragonflies on. Good. Um, I like that from Dan. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was that. Maybe, um, I, maybe, maybe I'd suggest, like you suggested to me earlier, maybe not driving like half an hour of Cardiff to go to a windy track when you've had a sheltered park that you could have done it in. Just put it out there. Butte, Butte Park? Well, anywhere. Just nice Butte sheltered. Park is not sheltered. Well, it's going to be more sheltered than this track that you've just moaned about. Well, I didn't realise it was windy until I got there. <laughs> the weather was the least of my concerns when I woke up. Um, so, yeah, so warmed down and then I, I did four miles in the evening um, with Tom. Um, that was 651s. Tom, hey. And you can't Tom just Baird. drop Tom in there and not tell us who Tom is. Listen, he's a good listener. He's had a few shout outs, to be fair. I see. Um, in, in, in his time, yeah. In his uh, time, we've only been then... doing it for six months, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then this morning, we had quite a big uh, squad actually this morning. There was about eight of us. Um, so I had 16 miles and average 606s. What did Clouser tell you? Didn't specify. He did. He said, don't go too hard on your easy run. Okay. So, so what did you take um, by don't go too hard on your easy run as meaning? 5.30 average. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be honest, we were just running in a group. So uh, as long as I wasn't, yeah, like absolutely blowing. You say, you say this, but let's go into your run. And let's go through the last few splits. Yeah. So, um, so your heart rate on the last three miles averaged, or last four miles, averaged 167. Okay. Yeah. So you're running pretty close to your threshold based on your other sessions. So you say you weren't blowing, but your heart rate suggests otherwise. You read other people's descriptions of this run and everyone talks about how it got moving at the end. So you basically all just had a little dust. Yeah, I mean, you don't, have to, uh, you don't have to look at a heart rate or a Strava title to see that. You mean you just look at the, str- the splits <laughs> with four miles of five hours. So what was it, like a, a measuring contest? Uh, no, we just picked up. Who won? Uh, Jake probably Jake Jake won because he's got the longest title and he's got Uh, and he's got his that would be the same for every one of Jake's Um, he's got some serious weird count on his driver but you also helped somebody get a half marathon PB he's only done one run over 13 miles so it's not that hard (laughs) it's all going on Um, so yeah so 95 for the week um yeah bit very average week really it's a good week mate good week yeah uh, i was still like i say disappointed with saturday but so how did uh, you hit how that's why you... i also wasn't so bothered about running a bit quicker today because i didn't really do anything yesterday so um how did you hit your weekly mileage when you didn't complete the session did you add on a run somewhere uh, i ran last night uh fair Right, let's um. So I've been scheduled in anyway, but so next week, are we going easy? 
Yeah, Matt wants me to do 75 miles. Matt, had said, Matt said you've oh, been yeah. on the phone asking about what you need, what you're going to be doing for the next few weeks. Yeah, unleash me. <laughs> no, I, I kind of want to do a bit more mileage when I'm in flag. Um, so I put your range coming to a compromise. It's 70 to 75. And I said, don't worry if you go under that. So don't just 75. think 75 is all right. I'm going to hit 75. It's race week. You want to run well at Telford. Remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, are you not worried about this new variant stopping you traveling? Well, uh, yes and no. So yes, in the sense of if they close the borders instantly, yes. If they said the borders are closing on Wednesday, I'll just fly tomorrow. I'll just change my flight. Big roller. Um, you got to have a tester, haven't you, now? Yeah. So three days before you fly. So it's all right. But you guys think you could get one pretty. But Charts told us all we could just fake him, can't we? <laughs> I think you were, I think you have to get a PCR. So yeah, I'd book that in and then um, sort it. But yeah, I mean, everything's pretty much ready. Um, just need to pack my suitcase and go. Cool. Right. Um, let's move on to Strava leaderboard because we didn't do it last week. Um, Josh, I, I had tasked you with doing some research, which I doubt you've done. So um, let's, have you got the Strava leaderboard up? Or am I uh, yes, I do. It? Yeah, no, got it, got it. So last What's week, we'll do, top th- we'll do top three. Yeah. And so Phil Sesman, 107. Joe is he Turner, third or is he? No, no, no. We'll, we'll top first down. And in third place, me, 104. Oh, last Where's time. Connor? Yeah, he's had a week off, hasn't he? He's actually had two weeks off. So, uh, you know, I mean, maybe he's racing. Oh, you can, you he, can might be doing Mel- he might be doing Melbourne, you know. Let me find the ladies. So, we'll do top three on the women as well. I'm really bad at pronouncing, or maybe just reading. Lara Bromilo, uh, 80, 86, we'll round her up. She's Jeff Milton Keynes, Myers. basically. Um, yeah, let's say yes. Yeah, we'll say yes. It's yeah, surely, surely, Jeff surely Tyre is 85. Yeah, she's Wait. always there. Uh, 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 uh. Then in third place, Anna Bracegirdle with 78. So that was last week's because we were a bit rubbish. Uh, this week, we're just going to do first because I'm not in third. Um, so Jake Smith, <laughs> 110. <laughs> Jake's average pace always um, astounds me. He's done 110 miles at 6.10s. He also told me he's done two and a half hours of cross-training. Don't worry, you just need to listen to Patreon and you get all access to that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll tag on... Um, that was Jake, a plug. We'll tag on Jake's most recent episode at the end of this show because um, we haven't got an interview this week, but I did a, a catch-up with Jake on... I think I did it on Wednesday about his race at Liverpool and his selection. So we'll tag that on. Um, and if you want to hear more from Jake leading into the European cross country champs, then sign up to Patreon and you can hear that each week. Um, there's another thing is fourth uh, hang place. On, I, haven't fin- I haven't finished Can I just go into Matt and Blum- the women's Matt was Blumden. just tires? Oh, sorry, go on. Matt uh, Blunden was, was 84 miles. Right. Matt Blunden was fourth. And Matt Blunden pointed out to me earlier that I said in an interview that. Um, I mentioned, here we go. I said that Julian 
what, what's his name? <laughs> this is good. Can't remember his name. Let's go with Julian. <laughs> uh, Julian Gota. So I thought Bradley Gota was related to Julian Gota. Turns out he's not, apparently. So apologies, Bradley and Julian. You may or may not be related. Um, but there you go. Um, sorry, Josh. So Jess Tyres was the lead woman. Anybody else you want to mention? Yes. Um, no sort of other standouts I can obviously see. Um, yeah, some some big numbers in that group now. 685 members, so head over to the Strava leadboard if you want to bang out some miles, get a shower on the show next week. Um, right, Patreon. Have you got your Patreon open, Clousy? He has. Um, got it open. I'm organised. It's you first. I don't know if you know this guy as well. Daniel Hamilton. Thank you very much, sir. Daniel is from Cardiff. Um, Pretty sharp, this guy. Oh, yeah, very. Uh, 403 uh, for the 15. Yep. 837 for 3K, 1439 for 5K. He is swift. And 3017 for 10K, 6808 for the half. Interesting fact for Daniel, did a similar paced long run to Josh this morning. Interesting. Also in Cardiff. Josh is not going to like that. Uh, runs he said similar, he didn't say faster. Um, yeah, I, I, I reckon I know Dan. Uh, runs for the Ponty, uh, Ponty Preed Rodents. Uh, good boys over there. Maybe went to Glastonbury in 2017. So he, <laughs> Daniel loves his music. Um, and he's a senior consultant at Wallingford Hydro Solutions. Um, as being a flood flood risk consultant, fantastic. Well, he, he was what a, a flood risk consultant. So, um, I was, hoping, was okay. I was hoping he, he knows about that little waterworks that you ran into the other week. So, so Daniel, if you know what Clousey was infiltrating the other week on his run, then message in and let us know. Thank you, Daniel. I'm pretty sure uh, he actually fell over right next to me in Reading Half a few weeks ago as well. Oh well, yeah, so I saw his time in Reading Half. That was my my question. Um, yeah, based on his five and ten k PBs, which I think have both been this year, his um half didn't quite add up. So that's maybe why. Yeah, that's yeah. probably yeah. He, he, he took a heavy fall. Yeah. Why did you trip yeah. him? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, right? So I saw him fall over next to me on the like the roundabout, and he must have dropped like a four forty second mile to catch back up. So fair play. Right, Josh, you're the next guy. Um. So I've got michael huntley so he's from london runs for kingston and polly uh his peers pbs are so 5k 1534 10k 33.21 uh for the half he's on 74 28 that was a big break big breakthrough um three minute pb and that was back in uh, 2019 at the big half and then his marathon pb is 238 from dorney lake this year so interesting fact for him. Uh, so he wore his running trainers when dressed as a cheerleader on his stag do. Respect that. Fantastic. Um, and maybe got married in Wellington, New Zealand. Um, he's also colourblind and clueless with filters and visits lots of football grounds. Yeah. Solid. So thank you, Michael. Um, I couldn't work out who he supported. Maybe Tottenham, but we'll go with um, just visits lots of football grounds. So, my 
my shout this week's to John Cox from Bristol. Um, John's got PBs of 16.39 for 5K, 34.42 for 10K, 77.15 for the half, and 2.57 for the full. Um, I'm going to go with 10K being the, probably the best there, maybe. Yeah, let's say 10K. Um, interesting fact about John, he runs for great Western runners and he's a coach at run to pb and that's Brady's company. But he's a, he's a podcast host over at Single Malt Marathoners, um, which is a weekly podcast where three Bristol-based runners talk about their training and drink lots of scotch. So shout out to those boys. Um, I did see that, that John had messaged us in actually last week to give his podcast a shout out. So I'm going to go have a listen to that. It, I think they get a few interviews on there and just, yeah, chat, running and drink whiskey. So go give it a go give Can it a listen. Can we start doing that? Yeah, I think so. Do you know what? I don't think I've ever drank whiskey. Doesn't surprise me. Um, we can do it on the show next week. And the most, most interesting, yeah. Let's see how Josh is at the start and at the end. Um, <laughs> the most interesting, in fact, about John is Brady Ferrifort. Actually, I, what, how did you say his name? You got it right, Clousey. I listened. Therifal? Trayful, isn't it? Oh, Trayful. I think it is whatever you said it was. Yeah. Um, He's anyway, Australian. That, that's his coach. So, um, Good coach. There it's you go, John. Right. A couple of listener questions. Clousey, first one to kick you off from, from a boy that me and Josh know well. So, um, question comes in from Tom Musson. Um, Tom, he's Exeter boy, isn't he? No, no, that's no, uh, Tom Mason. Tom Mason, yeah. Um, yeah, so what is the best runner we've never heard of? Josh? What's the best runner you've ever heard of? I don't really understand the question. What's the best What's runner, the best runner? Our, listeners, our listeners have never heard of? So who's like an underrated runner that you know that maybe needs a bit of a, a shout out? Oh, crikey. Other than yourself. Um... <laughs> I'm going to need a second to think about that. That's an on-the-spot question. I don't know, Matt, you go first. Simple one for me, Joe Bailey. What a guy. What a guy. Just all, all heart, that boy. Runs out every race, gives it everything, gives it beans, um, and goes home and has a swift pint. Yeah. Um, I think, well, that's, I did have somebody else, but I'll, the other one I thought of when you said Joe Bailey is, is Tom Cornthwaite, another guy from up that way who, who needs oh, a shout out. A beautiful man. Um, one of my favourite memories is him. We did Wilmslow half and he got to the 10K mat in a PB and he celebrated during a half marathon. He sprinted for it as well. And that's a normal thing for Tom, isn't it? To do something like that in a race. Um, He's a beautiful man. I mean, all I can go off is probably people I train with who who have who have some talent. So maybe um, maybe watch out for Ronnie Wilson. I'd say at Telford, he might no, he's not doing Telford. He's doing Milton Keynes, but I think that boy could run run fast in the next few months. I'm really struggling. You can have you, you have said two, so that counts as one. I can't think of anybody that I that wouldn't. I know that wouldn't probably. Because you're be not bothered like, about people. Mentally. You're not a people person. You're just bothered if about I yourself. Was, if I was to say someone underrated, I'd say Matt. Matt. There you go. That's the nicest thing I've probably ever said about him. Wow. Well, <laughs> okay. 
Beautiful. Matt, nice, Matt, first nice thing you said about me, Josh. He needs a plug. <laughs> Does Matt Class? Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think some of your Cardiff boys are going to be disappointed in you, Josh. You're not giving them a shout out. Anyway, give Dan a shout out every bloody week, so he's right. One. You go to your question then, Josh. Uh, one second. Um, what hurt most the morning after London? Your legs or your head? Um, I'm assuming this is the marathon. What do you not get now? What's wrong with you today? What hurt most the morning after London? Your legs or your head? Yeah, so the London marathon. Yeah, yeah. Why would my head hurt? Well, surely you'd have a few beers or something after the marathon's finished. But knowing you... Oh, I, no, I didn't. What do you, what a, do you think a... the London's on about? Do you, what, the, the, one mile, <laughs> the one mile bloody uh, quad in the park? Well, that's why I was confused because my head was fine. I had a bag of Haribo and a Red Bull. That was it. There we go. <laughs> so mine was definitely my leg. So this came in from Nick Bowker, who I think he ran pretty well at London, didn't he? 220. Yeah, I believe he's Clapham Chaser. 221? I don't know. Might guess yeah, it. around the 220 mark. Um, I believe. Cloudy, well, this is my related question. What do you do after a marathon? What's your... What's your sort of food, drink of choice? Um, so it's generally, um, I, I do generally go to McDonald's and just have a load of things and just drink a lot when, if I can, if I feel all right. Yeah, you sometimes get... my stomach is so, I just wouldn't want to drink after. I, I don't think I could. You yeah, do. Hope. In Frankfurt, we usually go out for a few and it's quite, quite but it's But it's one of them, isn't it? It's like, I, I, crap or whatever you want to call it in the week as well so it's not really any different for me yeah i'll tell you about frankfurt um frankfurt 2018 we'd, i'd run a pb and i think it was myself um the sheffield lad get his name there and his coach do you know who's on the england team for me josh Sheff- no, not, sheffield lad not them. should remember his name he's moved to norway now anyway um and Lloyd Kempson. And we'd been for a few beers at this restaurant that my coach had recommended with all of the England athletics team and loads of coaches. And yeah, um, we said to our taxi driver, we all got in separate taxis. We said to our taxi driver, take us to somewhere that does good beer and the rest of the taxis will follow us. So our taxi driver said, look, lads, I know the place you want to go to. So he takes us out of town. And we all still sort of start preparing for like a scrap because we think he's going to drop us off. We're going to get mugged or something. But he drops us off at this little warehouse building and it's a, it's a full, it's a proper brothel. Um, so we walk in just like naked women. I'm with this guy. So this coach, he's, he's 70, 70 years old. He's like, turns around to Steve, Steve Baton, that's who it was. Turns around to Steve and says, you don't tell Doris. That's not his wife's name, but I'm going to say Doris. You don't tell Doris that I've been here. Anyway, it was 100 euros, but we, um, as respectful gentlemen, turned them down and, and left and went back into town for a few beers. But I was quite glad that the rest of the taxis didn't follow us because, yeah, I don't think it was suitable for some of the people in those taxis. Anyway, I digress. Right, next question. I'm not um, su- sure it was suitable for the podcast. <laughs> Well, moving on <laughs> we didn't we didn't intend on going there but taxi drive took us there um right 
my question is comes in from Adam Tyson. I did a 257 at Manchester Marathon, cramped up at mile 19. How can I prevent this as I felt fine otherwise? Well, I think you hear this a lot from, from people who, myself included, I'm sure I've said it, I felt great to 30K, then it sort of fell apart. But that's the marathon, isn't it? You sort of need to feel great to the finish, really, to have a good day. Um, so I'm not sure what, what cramped up, but maybe, maybe it was a lack of conditioning. I don't know. It's hard to know without seeing training, but um, yeah, maybe you've not done enough specific long runs at that sort of distance. Um, that's all I can say from my own experiences. I remember doing my first marathon and I yeah, massively cramped up at 30K and had a horrendous last 12K. And the only difference I did in future ones is just train a bit more specifically for, for the end of the race. Clousey, any thoughts? Yeah, I think it's one of them, isn't it? It's almost like um, the word cramped, you know, it's are, are your muscles cramping because it's lack of, you know, um, electrolytes, um, you know, sodium, et cetera, et cetera. Or is it, like you say, you've got um, some conditioning that needs to be um, sort of addressed in the build-up, um, whether that's through S&C or whether that's running a little bit longer or getting some more specific work in. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's, it's probably more a case of conditioning the legs a little bit more, maybe um, slightly longer runs uh, and trying to get yourself a good strength and conditioning programme in place for the block. Cool. Joshua, I have nothing to add, I'm sure. No, the only really experience I had was in London when it was wet and I started to cramp a little in the last lap. But where other than that, I've not really had Where it. were you cramping? In my hamstring. Okay. That was because of the. Yeah, I think it was just because it was cold and it was wet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a lot of turns, a lot of sort of pace changes, wasn't it? I think that happened to you a bit at the trials, didn't it, Clousey? Like all those turns just caused you to seize up a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just my hips just didn't enjoy it. But I think, I think with Josh's, I think it was because I was there as well and I didn't do as much as Josh and didn't, didn't finish it and just pace. But um, I think it was with the wet, um, sort of when you're uh, flicking your legs up and hitting the back of the hamstrings. So like maybe be a case if it's a wet, um, a wet marathon, you, you might want to um, wear some, um, you know, tights, not long, long tights, but um, short tights uh, and maybe put some Vaseline on the back of your hamstrings as well. Cool. Right. Let's go to the news quickly. Um, the Euro team was selected this week. Um, it was pretty much as we described the week before, but but Lauren Hayes is now in. Is Charlotte Arter out, Josh? Yeah. So was she injured or, or what? I think she apparently hurt herself in training on the Friday before the race or something. And they decided to select her. Very that's, what I, that's what I heard. Yeah, it was a very odd decision. So, but yeah, Lauren's in, which is good. Um, I think she deserves a spot and... And yeah, some solid teams going out to Dublin in a couple of weeks. Um, Valencia, I didn't watch it this morning because I was out my long run, but um, men's Lawrence Toronto took the win in 205-12 and the ladies was won by Nancy Jellagat in 219-31. Most impressive. I I watched the first half. It was very, very windy. Was it? Mm, looked really, really windy. 
Interesting. Um, because Fanula, Fanula, Fanula Britain, McCormack, oh, no, Fanula McCormack ran two twenty three fifty eight. Um, for fifth position, which is a, I think it's the second yes, quickest one. from an Irish. I think overtaking Sinead. Um, so the Sinead count as Irish. Well, she does in the rankings that I saw. Um, oh, fair enough. And Reese Edwards was he a DNF in the end? Yeah, yeah, he was. 25k. Okay. Um, because the results were difficult to, to look at, but another British performance was Norman Shreve in 216.18. So a couple of good performances if it was as windy as, mm-hmm. as Josh was saying. Um, I'd say that's yeah, a PB for Norman as well. He is PB. Yeah, by a, by a minute, I think. Mm. Yeah, if you, there, there was a clip, um, it was around halfway, and you see the, the guys, the pacemakers on the front are really leaning into the wind. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much of it there was, but uh, it looked quite strong. Fair enough. Josh, you got less than 5k? Yeah, so Sam Harrison took the win in 1559. Um, and again, that was extremely windy. So that, that's a really, really impressive run. Um, and that's around I, the cycle track in Leicester. I think she put on her Instagram that it's 34 mile per hour winds. But um, yeah, it was definitely blocking. maybe gusts. Yeah, gusty. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and Philippa Stone was second in 1639. And Tessa McCormack third in 1640. So close little finish there. In the men's race, uh, Joseph Tuffin of Rushcliffe AC took the win in 1429. Um, PB for the 3.45 man, so stepping up the distance. Uh, he was closely followed by Michael Ward and Frank Baddock in 1431 and 1433, respectively. Beautiful reading out, Josh. Um, oh, fantastic. So <laughs> he's, a great, he's a great reader, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Clousy. So Clousy, well balanced. You were meant to be over at Percy Pudge. Yeah, sorry, um, Richard Dunk, for not turning up. Um, so, race organiser. Um, Percy Pod Omar Ahmed took the win, 30.05 from Andy Hayes, the hometown favourite who was second in 30.17. I'm going to, do you know what? In future weeks, I'm just going to add in a few random words and make you boys read them <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Oh, would you mean, I'm not reading anything, I'm just going, um, <laughs> just going off, off coffee. Yeah. Um, so, I, I think this race is quite—it's uh, quite lumpy, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. I, I presumed from the times, but then and... there's been some fast times there as well. So, what is the course record like? 20... 20, sub twenty-nine, isn't it? Yeah. Who's um, that? I don't know. Why are you reading? I'd, it? Why are you? I'd that? say Andy Hayes has run close to that. I he's think like, that. I think he's run twenty-nine ten-ish round there. Right. Okay. So it's mm. fairly quick. Must, the conditions must have been pretty bad as well. Um, in the women's race... Omar, Sally... Omar's got the record. 28.59. Matt, here's a question for you before we move on. Which, on. If you did do it, where do you think you'd have finished? I'd have loved to have seen you and Omar stood next to each other. Oh, that is a size, dif- size difference and a half there. <laughs> What a beautiful scene that would have been. <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure. It depends on how I'd race. I mean, obviously, these boys were running in pretty bad conditions by the times because I know they're both capable of running sub-29 and, you know, regularly I'm, do so. be around the bush, where would you have finished? Uh, I mean, I've got to say first, haven't I? Yeah, I guess really. Um, I'd have been disappointed with any other answer. 
I, I, I don't know. I, you know, would I don't know. We'll see. Um, so in the women's race, uh, Sally Ratcliffe took the win in thirty four fourteen, which is a good time. Uh, taking time off from booking Josh's trip to Seville. <laughs> <laughs> um, so congrats, Sally, on that performance. Fantastic. Um, in second place was uh, Ali Baker in thirty five fifty five. So she won by a country mile. Yeah, how far is Country Mile? Um, it's about a minute and uh, thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and lastly, the another marathon that was going on just before we recorded was the Chicago, Chicago California International Marathon, which is pretty downhill by the looks of it, like three hundred feet downhill overall. So I don't think it's eligible for records or qualifications, but it is eligible for US Trials qualifier. And I don't understand that. Why would they allow that? It just seems silly. I don't know, but nineteen, in my opinion, nineteen men ran under two eighteen, which is the um, qualification for the trials this year. Um, so Josh wouldn't get in, and Brendan Gregg took the took the win in two eleven twenty one from the Northern Arizona elite duo of Rory Linkletter and Nick Holger. Nick's a I um. I need to do a shout as well. Um, a lad from Concordia, my old college in the States, Roman Kirkhoff. He, he ran 2.17.23, unofficially, on, obviously on Strava. So nice. uh, a cracking run from him. Um, and I've got written down, Sarah Vaughan won. But when I wrote this down, the race hadn't finished. So I'm hoping she did win. She was about a minute and a half head at 40k. So... Sarah may have won. She may not have won. Um, I and actually, because it's eight hours behind, we probably one second. Has it finished uh, now? Of course, it has. We've just been reporting about the times that people have run. It's finished. Sarah Vaughan took the win in two twenty six fifty three from Molly Gravel in two twenty nine seventeen. So yeah, she did take the win. Um, right, that's a wrap. What's um what's cracking on next week? What Melbourne Marathon haven't we next week? So we come to... on, then predictions for Brady. I've always said mine, haven't I? I said um, it? I'm gonna go two eighteen twelve. Josh, I'm just gonna go two seventeen forty five. Faster than me. I'm gonna go two eighteen oh five. Oh, we're very close. I was gonna go into the two seventeens, but I'm not sure on the weather. Somebody was saying it's gonna be pretty hot, yeah. so that could scupper things. But but yeah, Melbourne's next week. Um and obviously Clousey and Josh are doing Telford, so big 10k in in Telford, and I'm doing Milton Keynes. So yeah, um if I think there's a few spots left for Milton Keynes. So anyone interested then there's a few last minute spots available. Clousey, what's after the Telford, what are you doing next week? I've got a busy week at work actually. Um, busy all week, and then I've got my work to do Friday evening um, at the Celtic Manor in Newport. So playing golf that'll be exciting. Um, no, we'll have time for it. Um, a swift nine, but um, yeah, should be good. Uh, I won't be uh, on the Jaegers and Rose. Uh, what did you say, Rose Tequila? Rose Tequila. Yeah. yeah, I won't be on that. So that's my neither. week. You'll be on the sparkling water, won't you? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll have a few, um, and I've got to put my Christmas tree up as well. When when Gina allows me to, because um, I would have probably had it up by now. 
I put mine up yesterday, mate. Good Ready for it. Josh, what are you up to next week? Um, so I'm going to start planning my packing for America. Because um, actually, for six weeks, probably need to take a fair bit. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the main thing I'm going to be doing. Um, don't have a car now. I sold my car yesterday, so uh, getting around will be How you get to fun for a week. I'm going to get the train. Train to Telford. Yeah, I know it's from Peter, it's not so bad. I think you just want to change. On Sunday morning? No, I'll go Saturday and stay over. Okay, where are you staying? Anyway, nice. Uh, there's a hotel in the train, or next to the train station, which is like 0.4 from the, the start of the race, I think. So What's it called? Research. Uh, oh, I'd have to re-Google it. It was like a tra- uh, travel lodge or something. And you booked this yourself? Oh, I haven't done it yet. I just quickly looked. <laughs> <laughs> gonna say this sounds far too organized for you um yeah i know fair enough so so yeah aaron aaron what are you up to mate um i've got the week off work oh of course you have you got every week off work you have i've had a very busy couple of weeks actually so you've got a week off work before christmas you're getting christmas off i'm trying to um take some holiday so i don't have to roll too much over Um, i have the same problem i've got so much holiday i don't have time to use it now yeah um that's the beauty of lockdown you just didn't have to use holiday for anything exactly um so so yeah i'm not up to any tasks like you so i won't be sort of doing any roof tiling or paint painting any sheds i will be probably just sitting around doing very little um doing a set doing a session with me on wednesday evening why would i do that you're not going to see me for six weeks i've only got I've got six minutes, then two lots of five by one minute, I think. So it's not really much point doing it with you. Yeah, true. You've probably got a marathon session of like 12 by a K on off. It's not far. No, it's not far. No, got 10 A-engines. That's fine. So yeah, pretty, pretty easy week. I'm trying to find someone to interview next week. Got Jake to interview for, for Patreon. So... I'll be keeping busy, don't you worry. Um, very busy guy. Doing lots of coaching because that also takes a good day and a half to fill out everyone's training plans. Um, unless you like Josh. I know Clousey just sort of drip feeds it to him because he doesn't want Josh to get too far ahead of himself. When, when are you getting your sessions through, Josh? I know one of them already. No, I, well, I only have one this week because. Can you uh, just play? Can you play it day by day with him, not give it to him for the night before, just every day? No, I would hate that. I was just, I was actually just asking Matt, can you give me the training for like? I want to know my sessions for the next like month. I got to speak to and Jeff. Mileage. <laughs> Jeff knows. Jeff, Jeff knows exactly. Right on that note, um, I'll speak to you two boys next week. Have a good one. Have a good week. Bye, boys. See you later, guys. Welcome to episode three of season one of Training Talk. I'm here again with, with Jake Smith on the back of his uh, his seventh place finish at Liverpool. Was it seventh? Yes. Six, six senior. Um, and also yesterday the team was announced and Jake was included in the team for the Euro cross country um, champs in Dublin. So 
congrats, Jake. Um, you must have been pleased with how the weekend went and um, nice to get your spot on the team. I believe it's your first GB cross-country vest. Yeah, it's, it's something I think I would never thought I would ever achieve, um, considering, like, you look back at my cross-country history, I'm not a massive fan of it or anything. I think Kieran put on his Instagram yesterday, like in three years ago, the Lufferins counties, I came 95th or something. So if you had thought, if you had said to people that he was making a senior team three years later, I don't think they would have probably laughed. Well, funny you say that. As I just said to you, I've just been scrolling through your past Liverpool performances. Um, and you you did a senior race in, in 2018 when you were still an, an under 23. And yes. You finished in, I think it was 43rd place in 29.46. So you're exactly a minute quicker and 40 places higher this year. So decent progression there. And I also yeah, looked at good. 2017, you ran as an under 20 at Liverpool and finished in 21st position. Um, and you only, I think you were 10 spot, spots below Tom Mortimer that day and you were running with him again at the weekend. So it's nice to see. A few of you who were competing, you know, four or yeah. five years ago are still, still are now competing at senior level. Um, and what I did also want to say is in 2018, you weren't even the best Smith in the race, mate. A guy, called, Lo- a guy called Logan Smith was <laughs> one place ahead of you exactly the same time. So you've claimed the fastest Smith at Liverpool too. I'll tell you that. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. So it was an act. The team was announced yesterday. Um, Pretty strong men's team, I'd say, for for those champs in Dublin. Um, so you're now going to spend, what, the next couple of weeks preparing for Dublin? Yeah, so it was quite funny. So after the – I kept saying to people that week, um, within two minutes of the race, I'll know what my training is the following weeks and that. But then because to finish six, I still didn't have a clue of what was going to happen until I had the call up saying that I was in the team. Um, so yeah, it was, it's just all into Dublin now. So I had like a track session last night, um, doing a cross country session tomorrow, but not like a proper session. So I'm just going to go based off heart rate. Cause then on Saturday, I'm doing an indoor session with Piers and Hennigan, just get them some of the speed and my legs going before the next weekend. Cause I know whatever happens, it's going to be fast from the gun. So I just want to get the legs taking over, get that bit of pace behind me and just make sure I can stay with it. Because it's the Champs is on Sunday the 12th of December, is that yes. right? Yes. So, you, yes. yeah, you've got two weeks, basically, to to prepare. So, yeah, it's not, it's not much you can do, is there, really, between now no, and then? No, I know. Um, so I presume it will just be ticking over and, you know, you're, you're obviously in shape. Let's, um, let's go into your week first and we'll come back to the race and talk through the race in a bit more detail later so we go back to monday the 22nd of november and you kicked off the week for a progression run talk yes. us through that yeah that was really good um i just because i like i said I, I love progression runs and i love getting quicker towards the end because the good thing about progressions is you can almost just it you can go off how you feel so it doesn't matter what pace you start off with if it at the end of the time if you're after the eight miles, if you've actually run a bit quicker towards the end, it's essentially a progression run. And I, I do find these really help because it just gets you going for the start of the week, gets you into the rhythm. And I've always been a fan of them. And since being at uni, I've been good. And 
I did again I did with this progression I did a um like I go straight into the strides so I was back home so instead of just stopping I think Klausi said it on the podcast yesterday I just couldn't be bothered to stop so I just had a little jog and then just went into straight into the strides which was good I'm impressed you've listened to the podcast already and he released yeah, it last night so he's on it straight away um but yeah I did um I did notice you at home still I'm just I'm just pausing because I've had this aeroplane flying around my house for the last five minutes. So apologies if you've got a, an aeroplane noise going on. Um, <laughs> they're obviously doing some flying at one of the RAF bases. But um, yeah, solid progression run. I think 5.26 average for the 12 miles. So again, it's always nice to, to only have to run for 65 minutes and cover 12 miles. And um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah that- did, was it, did it include some of the hills around Seton? Yeah, I love, I love, I like, I'm such a fan of hills and I think I created a loop and then I was, I was running along and I saw one of these hills and I was like, if I get up that hill and mile three, mile four and five will be so easy because it's more downhill. So I played it quite tactical the way I did it. Nice. So, so that's Monday, Monday morning, Monday evening, you jumped on the, on the cross trainer. Yes. Um, Talk us through it, mate. Because I have, again, I have no idea what you're talking about here. You've got loads of details. Um, you go. So through this it. is. I have one at home, so I got it back when when we were in lockdown. But I just it just tells me. So every time now I go home, I see what I done. I've done, and I can almost compare it and just go off that. So it's only for my own preference, and I like to tell myself which levels I use. Um, I try, I try to make sure my heart rate wasn't didn't get too high because. Like the morning's run, um, I didn't want to bust my legs before the Tuesday session or even before Saturday. Yeah. So, so I just, it's just a stupid, just change the intensities, make it a bit more fun. Like I said, like I'm on all these different levels. There are so many different laps in it and stuff like that. So it's a bit more, less tedious. So the levels, I presume the lower the number, the easier it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, on the bike, you know, when you go to like, say, level three, the watts is lower. Yeah. And when you go to like level eight, it just gets higher and harder. Um, what's the top level? What's the hardest level? Oh, I've never put it up. But I reckon it can get to like 20 ish. Okay. I'm like, there's no yeah. chance going on that. My heart would probably be in the 200s. Yeah. So you're getting up to level level 12 and you're 158 ish heart rate. So yeah. So work hard <laughs> enough. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um, so, so Tuesday, you're still in, still in Devon. Nice little. Easy run in the morning by looks of it. Yes. Just an easy run around like like with some of the hills. Um just wanted to make sure Mahari was low again just before the weekend and the session in the evening. Cool. Because then you yeah, you drove back to Cardiff and and you had a session. What was that session? What session did you did you do? So we did a six minute tempo. Um, then I had two minute steadies. And because I think I said, may have mentioned before, we do it in lane five just because the bends are less tight. And because you may have heard, like, our group is huge now. Yeah. Well, I just, um, you only have to look on, on Strava and oh, yeah. you go into your week. And every run, every session you do, there's about 20 people who have done it with oh, you. So I have, to, I have to scroll and scroll to get to you. I know. I, I genuinely think at times it's like 60 people. And and because there's rugby in the, on the fit pitch, they, um, there's a rule you're not allowed to train in lane one. So they've actually put signs in lane one to stop you from running in lane one. So we have to go in lane five. And 
he brought out his measuring wheel in lane five. So he did, he measured out um, 400 metres in lane five. Yeah. And it's a bit of a ball ache because, you know, when you do 400 metre reps, you go past each 100. You don't really know where each 100 metre is in lane five. So you're just like hanging on until you hit the cones. Is there not, so I um, did. Is there not, can you not start on the, on like the lane five break, like when they do a 400 metre race? So we can, but then he, for some reason, he likes to start at completely the very far end. Right. So it's not, it's not where the start, the 200 metre, it's, you know, that last 100 metres of the four by 100 metre relay. Yeah. We start on that corner. Okay. Because uh, again, it's like, because it's such a big group and everyone goes back to that sure. corner. Yeah, exactly. Um, they just don't want anyone to get in the way. So I think you need to tell these rugby lads that, that nobody cares about rugby in Wales. So <laughs> they need to find a new sport. Um, and they get really it, funny as well, as well, weird. Isn't it? Isn't it a, a uni track? Surely, yes. Surely they built it for people to run on, not to. No, I know. Um, but at, at times as well, I think it's not even. I think it's like the fifth and sixth at the rugby team. So it's like they're just irrelevant. No offense to them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, why, you you might as well just tell them that next time you see them. Um, no, I might as well. I might. <laughs> anyway, so so six minute tempo, ten four hundreds, six minute tempo. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like your splits were, were pretty quick on the fours. Yeah, so we averaged, I averaged 63.5 and we did like, because um, in lane five, it was a slightly longer jog because you're not like in lane one. Um, and then we, I did like 62, 65. I did 10, the others did eight. And then afterwards I did a six minute tempo, then two by three minutes harder. Okay. So all in all, it was a really good session. Yeah. Um, so... So your six-minute tempo um, before the session was about 4.43 pace, then afterwards 4.30 a mile, and then your, your three-minute efforts were, what, 2.50 for the K, then 2.43 for the K. So. Yeah, so James is, like, almost measured out where the K mark is again on lane five, so, like, I can only go off what I was going through that in. Yeah, yeah. But, no, that's – it looks like but, you've – yeah, you've, you've worked through the gears nicely there. Um I yeah, don't... so even even if the like the pace is a bit off, but now I know because we've trained lane five quite a lot, I know exactly like I can compare my sessions now because I know which, which point like what, what times I should be going through, which point in where the K mark is, where the 400 meter mark is. So it works perfectly now. Yeah. And what I did notice was yeah, you did it as a part of a big group and um looks like you've towed around old old Dan Nash for for a session maybe and obviously worked for him because he had a he had a phenomenal run on Saturday. I know he did. He ran very well. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. Um solid little session Tuesday evening, just turning the legs over nicely ahead of ahead of the weekend. Is that is that a session you, you've done before a race in the past? Or so, do you vary it? You know, like for my half marathon, it's quite similar. I did before the half marathon, world half, I did two mile um, tempo, five by 800 with a lap jog and then two mile tempo. Yeah. So essentially you can kind of see it's like 2K tempo, yeah. similar to the two mile tempo. Then it, he, he likes to get tempo in, and then he let me do, because with Liverpool, because um, it just gets quick at, towards the end. Like in order to get into the team, you have to be running quite, quick the last k whatever 
he just wanted to me to um, get going a bit in, on the last three minutes just to replicate what Liverpool would have been like. Yeah, it's a similar, I think I do a similar session of 2K tempo, 10 fours, 2K yes. tempo. So, yeah, sort of standard race week session. Um, so that's Tuesday and Wednesday. You got out for a, a short and medium long run by the looks of it. Yes, just just to make sure the coach knows I'm actually sort of tapering. <laughs> yeah, so 12, 12 miles-ish at, at 6.42, so nice and nice and easy. Um, cut down S&C session. I like that you've got the Matt Clouds exercise still in there. Um, no, I know, because I, I have to remember, um, it just makes it easier for me to remember what it was, because in first year, he taught us it, so and he didn't really give it a name, so I've just called it the Matt Cowles exercise. Wait, he taught, so he came and gave you boys a lesson. No, no, no. He used to do. He used to be our S and C coach when I was in first year. On oh, as he was. Yeah. Lovely. I think we need to ask him about this. <laughs> um. Yeah, cool. and you've got a, you've got a Piers Copeland exercise. I think you need to start naming all your exercises off 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 the back of that. No, I know. I know. Um, Maybe you could do the Josh Lunn and do some like, <laughs> um, you know, some shoulder press or something. Yes, I might do. Um, right. So Thursday, you did an easy nine. Um, Kieran called it steady nine. So what was it? Easy or steady? Um, in terms of heart rate, easy. But I think with this steady, like we never... He just because we um got a little bit quicker than what we like intended to go because we were both feeling like you know it, it was one of those runs because it was like an easier one the day before you just get going and then you start getting a bit quick like not too quick or anything so and he's just getting back into fitness like he's getting running well again so I think we're it's almost different stages at the minute yeah but now it was really good fun so what day are we on? that first i forget what day we're on there yeah um, friday i did that like a six miles easy and then again i went straight into stride so seven and a half miles and i just wanted to like i said to, you know strides for a race you just take your legs off just trying to replicate what it's going to feel like the start yeah yeah so not just turning over um and yes i'm just scrolling up to see what you're so you did 90 miles total um and 12 78 and then you probably did about 10 ish on so you're probably on about 65 ish miles by this point in the week yes um so yeah a bit of a yeah a good cut down for you yes you know you've been doing what 110 haven't you miles yeah, yeah, so. yeah so it's i knew like i could still keep the mileage not not like high high but i knew what i was doing was going into it was quite smart yeah, so, so Saturday morning rolls around and you have a little shakeout run. Um, yes. Was that in Liverpool? Were you in Liverpool at this point? Yeah, yeah, we um, booked a B&B, so it was 10 of us in this B&B. So um, four of us went out for a little shakeout in the morning before the race. So you're going out at, at half past eight. Your race is about half two, wasn't it? So Yeah, it was at, it was at two o'clock, so it worked perfect because... Sometimes I've been bad with shakeouts. I go a bit too late. Yeah. But with that half, like, I was done by nine. So I essentially had like 
five hours and because I, I went a lot slower than I normally go five hours is quite a bit of recovery yeah so you're just going on this shakeout eight minute eight minute mile in so oh yeah so very very slow and yeah yeah you've just done the same pace throughout so so yeah a real true shakeout there um and i suppose most people probably won't know that a lot of athletes do these shakeout runs so why are you doing a shakeout on a on the morning of a race i think it's just because you know like for example when we do sessions i always find well me personally i feel better when i've run in the morning if i had to go to a session in the evening without running in the morning i just feel a bit sluggish and i think it just gets your legs moving gets the blood blood pumping gets your body it almost like just set, sets the mind really and it just gets me helps me wake up more yeah so i think it's just it just like i said it just gets you into a good mood um gets the body moving gets the um heart rate pumping so then when you go into the into the race you just feel a bit more awake yeah perfect so so yeah 5k at eight twelves, which you know for jake that's almost three and a half minutes per mile slower than his 10k pace so so yeah <laughs> real shuffle pace um so a couple of miles warm up before the race just jogging around the course by the looks of it yes what what were your impressions of the course what were you were you like looking at spots that when you were doing the warm-up to to make moves or yeah what was going through yes. your mind so uh, like you said i was like jogging around with everyone we were just making sure uh, that's where we almost checked to see where the like it was where the muddy bits were and there were only a couple of sections there was like it was weird. There was like one section, probably about 10 metres long, which was disgustingly muddy. And then everything else was fine. It was just those little part patches during the race. Um, wanted to see where the wind was, like which way the wind was going as well. Because because you, like uh, you were saying on your podcast, like Saturday, it was horrendous, the wind. Um, and I just wanted to see, because which way, uh, when you knew where the wind was going, where you could almost attack. So it's just making sure I knew the route again. And yeah, it was good. Yeah. So for people, maybe not UK based, I think we're talking almost, what, 40 mile per hour gusts on Saturday, yeah. sort of an average of like 20 to 25 mile per hour winds and yeah, some very, very strong gusts. And um, the, the course for once at Liverpool was, again, very, very dry. Um, so I suppose you put your dragonflies on, did you? And Yeah, I had, I had 12, 12 spikes in and I don't, I'm not sure if I could have had any less. There were some sections which were like, the grass was quite long and they were like, um, so it was perfect, but the dragonflies worked like a treat. So the gun goes, actually, before, let's talk about when you're lining up on the start line. Um, I was listening to the commentary and, you know, you've, you've been in plenty of these cross-country races. They like to, they like to funnel you through this little tent yeah. almost, don't they, to the start line. And then yeah. it's a real battle to, to almost get to a decent position on, on the front of the start line without, yeah, and then you, you, can't, you feel like you can't do any strides because um, if you do, you lose your position on the start line. Um, 
So I heard on commentary that there was a couple of people who actually just ended up coming, coming from the other end, like from where you were about to start. So they made, you know, made sure they got a decent spot at the front. How did you, how did you get your way to the front or did you not? So um, it was quite funny. So um, at the start, me and Jack, Jack Rowe were so far, like we were talking and we're walking. So at the start, we look at our watch and there's like two minutes left and we were still like waiting in that funnel. Yeah. And we're like, oh shit, like we need to get there. And he went to the right and I went to the very left for some reason. Cause I think because I was so late, I had, to, I just saw an opening and I didn't realize until the end. I was probably at the worst position at the start because the first corner is left, so you just get cut up. Yeah. Um, and I just, like, I think it's quite nice because I think, like you said, like, people know, a lot of people know who people are and people actually, like, the running community is really, it's actually, it was actually really cool because they, like, almost let people through. They didn't have any bad words to say or anything. So I got to the start and, yeah, that, that was all right. And then, yeah, the race after that was a bit odd <laughs> let's just say that yeah so it's a it's a, a really fast start isn't it down to that first corner uh, and I, I was I was watching somebody's Instagram feed because obviously British athletes couldn't bother to cover it so we had to watch dodgy streams on people's phones um and you were nowhere to be seen mate so what happened at the start you should you should watch Mark Hookway's the video. Yeah. Because people have taken the absolute piss out of me of I, I genuinely don't know how I've made this team from the, my start, but I I had like I, I made the joke, but like Neil and Tom, the Liverpool who run for Liverpool, the 50-year-olds, they were probably in front of me at the start. Um <laughs> I thought I genuinely thought I got out hard enough, but because I spoke to Jack Rowe after a race and he asked me where I started and I started to the very left and he said to me, you've already made the mistake there yeah. because I, I didn't really realise because everyone was cutting you up. But yeah, there's some photos and I think on that first corner, I must be 80th to 100th. Like I was so far back and I was just playing catch up the whole time. I remember saying after like the first K or something, how the hell have people got there? Yeah. Um, I was behind, yeah, I, I, on the first lap, I was probably 25th, 20th, 25th or anything. But that was the, that was the annoying thing because I was having to just try and get through people who, like, at the end of the day, who shouldn't have almost been up there, who just get out too hard. And I was just have, trying to hold, get um, to the front group. But that's, that's the thing that annoyed not annoyed me the most, but, uh, well, sort of, is because I missed that front pack. Because yeah. I was just trying to close them the whole time. So people were saying it was my best ever race because apart from the very last sprint, no one, no one overtook me. I was just overtaking people the whole time, just running past them. And so so you, you get into that, you start off in, you know, that first half a K and you're in a hundredth place. Are you, are you panicking or are you like, right, I need to control, do, because I suppose the worst thing would have been to, you know, spend the next K killing it, trying to get back up to, I don't know, the top five and then, yeah, blowing your whole race. So you obviously did it gradually. Um, so was there ever a point where you panicked that you were too far back? I think when I saw, like, when the first mile went up and I saw 
there was still there was a gap growing between like the very front pack and the next pack because I did see people I already knew like all, at the back of my mind it, I was just thinking okay these guys are gonna die these guys are gonna blow up and um, it did happen but then I think on the windy but you know when you come after you go onto the fields at the top and then you do like that zigzag through the main field yeah. right by the start straight. That's where I not really panicked, but I started to get a bit nervous. And I said to myself, I really haven't done this very well because there was a pack of about 20 guys getting away from the second pack. And I wasn't even in at the front of the second pack. I was still closing. And when I saw like Butchart um, start to go to the front, I was like, oh, I'm so far off the pace. I really need to pick up. But then I because of cross-country, I didn't want to hit lactic. And I knew I was moving through strong. So I just tried to stay as calm as possible and just almost tick off the first lap and then um, decide what to do from there. Yeah, so I suppose Butcher, so for people who haven't seen the race, the the front three sort of broke away after that yeah. first lap. Butcher, um, Rowan, Crow. Um, it's nice that it rhymes. And they... Yeah. Yeah, they made a little bit of a break. So I suppose in your mind then it's, right, that's kind of away now and you, you're probably not going to catch that. So are you then focusing on, right, I need to just make sure I'm, I'm in or around the top six seniors to try yes. and make this team? Yes. Um, but like I said, like it, I would have absolutely loved it to be like within those three because um, I was like looking at my splits and that because normally in a Liverpool race, I like die, but my splits were so like on it this this week I felt like I would have almost just been in in great shape just stay with them if I was part of them yeah but as I said it's it cross country is so odd in that respect if you're not there when they break you you're never gonna make up that I know that gap and it's um yeah you know if you would have ran I don't know five seconds quicker for that first 800 meters your race would probably been exactly the same and but you could have probably maybe covered that move at the front but exactly if you're not there but, it's impossible isn't it i know especially at liverpool <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so it was it was great and then on each lap you might have seen from the videos i was just I, even at luke gunn said to me at the end it was it was they were really happy with how i progressed through each lap i was just picking people off and it was on like the um end of the second lap um, coming down the home straight, going to the third lap, I, I like saw Hugo Milner just ahead, and I was like, okay, let's pick, let's um, try and catch up to him. And then the next field, I caught up to him, and instead of just sitting on him, I just went straight past because I was feeling so good. And again, Mortimer and, and Mortimer had a, like a good five, ten seconds lead on me, and, and by that, um, the field the opposite side, I was already leading him because I was just like on a mission. I was just I was just focusing on Jamie Crow and I was like, I want to catch that guy, I want to catch him, but yeah, I so, didn't in the end. But <laughs> so from from the um the last because the videos I was watching on the stream sort of cut out probably with about two thirds of the last lap to go. So I'd just seen you'd moved into uh fourth position, I think, and or you were maybe fourth, fifth position with Mortimer or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um so you almost went into that finishing straight in, were you in fourth or you in fifth going into the sort of last, last um, 400 metres? So 
you know, you know when you t- make that last turn and then yeah. it's a finishing straight. Um, I was in fourth and I was feeling so good. And um, quite a few people made jokes about it because a guy I used to live with called John, he was like looking at me and he's like, oh my God, Jake has a sprint finish. And then he looks at the people behind me and it's three guys who've all broken four minutes for the mile. And he's exactly. like, oh, shit. So it was me leading three guys who've broken four minutes for the mile into a headwind. I was, I was coming last out of them. <laughs> well, yeah, as I said, the last thing I heard was you in fourth and I thought maybe Tom Mortimer might possibly outkick you. I didn't realise the other two were so close, but, but yeah, you had Tom Mortimer, Will Battershill and Stuart McCallum. Yeah. Like all very quick over the it, short stuff. Yeah, it was, it was really nice after the race because they all gave me like a massive like hug and a pat on the back because they said they wouldn't, they, some of them said they wouldn't have run that fast or wouldn't have come that high up if it wasn't for me. Because you, Like you've seen on the YouTube videos, like I was, every time I went past people, I was just pushing the pace even more. Yeah. And so I, I literally just, on that last lap, when I went past more of it, I just literally just pulled them along and I was just um, gradually getting quicker and quicker. So yeah, it was, it was really good. So, so yeah, finishing, so you finished in seventh overall. Um, you obviously knew that Tom Mortimer was an under 23, so you, you probably knew straight away you were, you were six senior. Were you yes. confident that would get you a place on the team or what were your thoughts? I actually the- started crying straight away. I actually started crying straight away because well, I was happy, but then at the same time, I was like listening to your podcast just then, but I thought because of that, you know, the rule they, they might pick someone from America. Yeah. I was like, oh, Mark Scott's going to go like, if he wants to go, I'm out with the team. So I was like, I've just come the worst position. Yeah. You could come at Liverpool. And I would have been devastated about the news if I hadn't gone. Because, like, I, I was thinking to myself, like, of course, he's an, an amazing athlete. But, like, like you were saying on the podcast, I, I turned up. I've done, I've done, I did Cardiff Cross Challenge as well. I've turned up to Liverpool and that. And it's like, it's almost, an, not, un, yeah, it's almost like slightly unfair, like how, why why do people who don't race almost get a, a choice to go yeah um yeah. i agree and so i was i was a espe- bit gutted at the espe- finish line especially when you, you're talking if you were you were three seconds quicker you would have been fourth senior home yeah exactly uh, so there's between fourth and seventh there's a, a three second gap which you know is nothing in in a cross country so so yeah um yeah delighted that you you did get the nod in the end. Um, and I presume, were you told about that Monday? Did you get the call? Yes, I got the call on Monday. So it was amazing. I was like, I, they said to me, oh, you made it. And I was like, oh my God, how, like, it, it was It was a really, really nice call. And it was a great way to finish the, finish the whole weekend. Because like I said to you, like, I haven't, if you've looked at my past experiences, past experiences on the mud, I haven't done too well. So to think now, I'm now representing GB at cross countries. Just amazing. So let's um, talk us through the court. What do you, what happens? Is it, is it just a random number calls you at some point and you happen to answer or did you, you know, to expect the call to come in? No, it was, it was actually a random number. And I, I didn't think, cause they called me at like at lunchtime on Monday yeah. and I thought it was going to be a bit later because like with the selection and that, but yeah, I was I was in coffee one with my girlfriend. We were just having like I was having like a 
a cheesecake uh, sandwich and everything. And I get this call and they say, oh, you're in the team. So I'm like, oh, need to step on the training and back into the food system to get to get ready for Dublin. So who, who is it who makes the call? Is it just somebody from British Athletics? Oh, it was um, Mick Woods. Oh, it's Mick Woods, is it? So is he, is he team manager, is he for... I presume so, because um, he just asked like general questions because he couldn't really say much about who else was in the team or anything. So right. and he, he, he couldn't, because on the Monday, they didn't even know what flights there was going on. Um, so all I asked was like, is it definitely going to be on? Because, you know, like the new variant and that. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, it's, it's most probably because I think all the countries have like almost booked their flights and that. So, yeah, it was, it was a great call. So when do you get all your kit? Is that coming this week? Yeah, it's coming on Thursday. I didn't even realise I get more kit. So it's going to be, it's going to be yeah. good fun tomorrow. Nice. Perfect. So finish the race. Um, by the looks of your Sunday title, a big <laughs> night was involved. Was that in Liverpool? Yes, it was in Liverpool. So it was, we stayed in a B&B with 12 of us. And yeah, we started drinking at, say, 4 or 5 p.m. Didn't get back home till 6 or 5 the next morning. Got on a coach and then, yeah, and drove back and ran about straight away. So yeah. um, was, it was a whole group of us. So we just like, like at the end of the day, if I'd, I wasn't in the best state to run fast and I think, it, it was the best thing I could have done because I could have really hurt myself if I run fast or anything. So, yeah, it was like 10 of us. We were just having like a debrief of the whole weekend. It was good fun. Um, so, yeah, you end up doing 12 miles at 7.45. So, um, yeah, it must have been must have been a struggle at some points if you're running 7.45. <laughs> um, any, any stories to tell from the weekend? Anybody get up to anything? anything they shouldn't? Uh, we lost the kid for two or three hours in Liverpool. He, his phone died and everything. He didn't know where the address was. We're not sure how he made it back. Um, Sam Crick, you know, the Crickest boss, he stayed in our b and <laughs> Nice. At the end. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was good fun. It was a uh, place ticked off the list, I guess. Cool. So, so yeah, as I said earlier, it, that rounded off a, a 90 mile week, obviously, um, Still pretty high mileage with a, a big race in there. But yeah, a couple more weeks and we're on to Dublin. And um, yeah, it'll be good to see see what happens there. Obviously, the the quality of the field will be higher than Liverpool, but there'll be less in it. So hopefully yeah. you don't get too I, I just, stranded early on. Yeah, I just, like I said to my coach, I said, I just need to make sure I'm in almost that front pack or like just off the front pack um after the first lap because like in Liverpool you're trying to have you're having to get past just so many people whereas that that's a good thing in at the Euros if I'm in that front pack I said like I'm just gonna put everything into it because I haven't felt like this strong in my running career it's just I just need to make sure I get to the front pack so like for tomorrow's session I'm doing 200s at the start just to make sure I'm actually get the leg turnover going so yeah it's gonna be good we used to do that in a in the in America. We used to sort of just before the NTAs, we'd we'd be doing I don't know eight hundred meter K reps on the grass, but we'd have like a cone, and you do like the first two hundred or the first four hundred really hard, and then sort of yeah. hang on for the K. And um, 
Yeah, and that's that's what I'm, I'm sort of doing tomorrow. <laughs> it's odd, isn't it? Because it's like ultra specific for cross country, like yes. only certain cross country races. But it's um, yeah, it's interesting that you're doing something like that to prepare. Um, is is Dublin hilly or is it? Or do um, you not know yet? I'm. I've seen a bit of course. Apparently, it's seven laps because you know, you know, with the European races, they like, yeah, um, almost lapping, telling people what place, and you know, like the team competition. Um, someone was telling me yesterday because they've raced there a couple of times. They're from Dublin. That some sections are really quick, even if it rains, it's still so um, dry. But a couple of sessions, some sections get quite boggy. So I need to look more into the race. So it should be. Yeah, I'm just so excited. And I think the best thing is because I'm 16, I almost have no, like, I can just go into it and just enjoy it. Like, there's no, like, real, what's it, what? No pressure, pressure on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and you know my history with cross. So hopefully, hope this is the last time I spiked for a while and, just, and then stuff onto the road. I haven't, haven't been signed by Nike for my cross country, that's for sure. Oh yeah, because we're not mentioned that. So yeah, the other big announcement last week was your your Nike sponsorship deal, which I I saw a couple of people comment on your Strava saying it's obviously since you've been on on the Inside Jogging podcast that you've got, you've got the Nike deal. But I can confirm, yeah, we're, of course it is. We're nothing to do with it. But um, but yeah, yeah. Congratulations on that too, and hopefully that sets you up for a big a big road season so next much. year. Um, and yeah, one more cross country race, then you can get onto the indoors. And then back out onto the roads. So, um, so yeah, no, I yeah. Know. nice that we've been able to, you know, follow you through the last few weeks and end with a, a positive result. So, yeah, we'll see if I we know. can, it's can been follow very you. Good. Maybe into, doing this every. Yeah, yeah, we'll follow you into Dublin every maybe. week, and then um, if that works, <laughs> we'll have to keep following you. So yeah, cool. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll um, I'll let you crack on for the week, and um, yes, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll hopefully speak again soon and we'll probably try and get you on the main podcast yes. as well at some point because there's plenty to talk to you awesome. about. Awesome. No, I love that. All right, Jake. See you next week. See you later. Thanks.